Welcome back. Uh, Richard, last week, last week, we talked about anger. We talked about how it's okay to be angry and how um, you can be okay and angry at the same time. And um, all the good stuff about anger. <laughs> right. What were you about to say? <laughs> that's right. This week, we want to talk about anger in children. Okay. Right. How do we how do we help our children? And from last week, yeah, you're right. We discussed anger and emphasized over and over again that the problem is not anger. Uh, anger is necessary and adaptive. It's when we don't manage our response that we get into trouble um, because we, we think of anger as being a negative emotion that we should not have, that we should never experience it. There's something wrong if you're angry. And, and we kept emphasizing last week that no, no, it's okay to be angry. The worst thing you can do is suppress it right. because actually depression, depression, right? So we have to learn how to regulate it because if you don't regulate it, anger can take hold and become something else. Right. So there's a difference between rage and violence and anger. Right. So, so we don't want anger to become anything else. Okay. Right. And so we talked about how to manage it, that you need to own it. And you need to be able to talk about it and communicate it because what you want to do is anger is sort of a caution light. If you think about anger as a flashing yellow light, now what do you do about it? Okay. Right. Get, be on the alert because now, because there's something else going on underneath the anger. Right. Okay? And that's the kind of thing that we want to teach kids. Right. Yeah. So, so today we're going to talk about um, specifically how to help, uh, help us um, teach our kids how to manage their anger. Um, right. Like you said, you know, we don't want to teach them just to suppress it because that's going to lead to other problems. Right. Uh, we don't want to teach them just uh, just to unleash it all because uh, that's right. going to lead to other problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we want to we want to teach them how to identify and manage their anger, um, and and sometimes what to do when you're already angry. Right. Um, and so we we're going to focus on that today in today's class. Yeah. Yeah, teaching children about their anger has two advantages. One is that it, if they understand their anger and if we deal with them successfully, effectively as parents, you prevent escalation to those real violent temper tantrums. So that's one advantage. The second one is you're giving your child a valuable skill to manage anger while they're children, but also as they mature into it, uh, teenagers and adults. So teaching your kids how to manage it has two important advantages. Right. And, and we have to be careful because what parents typically teach their kids mm -hmm. is that that it's bad to be angry, um, that being angry is bad, um, right. that you're going to be isolated if you mm -hmm. become mad, that you're going to be sent to your room and you're going to be right. not just to calm down, but because you're in trouble. Right. Um, that, that's the way that most parents communicate that. Telling them to go to their room to cool down, um, say, you know, it looks like you're getting angry when we're getting angry. Remember, we need to, you know, mm -hmm. get control of that so that we don't lose our temper, that we don't right. act out or anything like that. So let's take a moment and, and calm down. That's one thing. But saying, okay, you're angry, go to timeout, you know, punishing the kid for it. That's, that's, a, that's not a, a very good thing to do. Um, but the third thing that we do is that we teach the kids that it's really bad for them to be angry with their parents yeah. or with their siblings. Right. And, yeah. you know, who are, who are they going to be? who is the most uh, likely person right. that they're going to be angry with the person right. that's getting onto them or the person right. that's taking things away from them. The, so, the people right. who are in the house. In right. your, okay. So what you want to be careful of is, is because the, we're sending these messages to kids. One of them is I'm not going to listen to you. If you're angry, I'm not going to listen to you. Now think of the message that that sends to a child. Right. Here's a child who's in an aroused state. Who's obviously lost control. 
okay? And for young children, that's a scary time. When kids lose control, it's, it's, it's frightening, okay? Right. And if you're just sending them to their room, you're saying, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care about your emotions. Or no one's going to help you. If you're going to act like that, we're not here to help you. Um, the other message it sends, if the parent gets angry in response to the child, the message you're sending is, I don't know how to help you. Right. I don't know what to do about this. Okay. So I'm just going to get angry. Or we tell them you stuff those, just push those feelings down because right. I don't. So those are the messages we're sending kids. And that's just the opposite of what we really want to say to them. So right. remember that when you banish a child or you tell a child that anger is bad or they have to suppress their anger, you're telling them that I can't handle you in right. these times of in these, in this crisis, I, your parent, I can't handle you. Right. And so what we need to do is we need to, to shift so that we're teaching our kids how to better manage um, their anger. Part of that from the very beginning comes from us accepting and, you know, owning our own anger. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, say, you know, I'm not going to act out when I'm angry. I'm going to communicate, you know, do the things that we talked about last week. I'm going to communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to identify it. I'm going to let you know, you know what? I'm feeling really frustrated right now. I'm feeling, right. I'm to feel kind of angry. Um, so I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to, let's, you know, let's change right. things that we're doing so that we can, you know, kind of prevent uh, this anger from escalating. Mm -hmm. um, we also have to teach our kids how to, you, you gave a great example last week about differentiating between anger and hurt. You know, sometimes we're, we're hurt mm -hmm. about something, but it, we express it as angry um, or anger. And um, so we need to help our kids understand how to recognize the emotions properly. Right. Yeah, I think one of the most important messages that I would ask parents or teachers to take is that we keep saying, we keep repeating ourselves, we keep saying anger is not the problem. Okay. Anger is a normal emotion. Underneath anger, there's something else. Right. And the obligation of the adult in the room is to find out what the something else is. Um, I, I use the example with my own children. Then when I realized that it wasn't, they made me angry because they hurt my feelings. Right. right? So it was, it was hurt that was the real problem. And when I did, when I started to deal with hurt feelings and I could express to them that they were hurting my feelings, it was a very different conversation Absolutely. than screaming about them being disrespectful. Absolutely. Okay. And that's when, when we recognize when we get to those underlying issues, anger melts away. The, the anger will go away if you can get to those underlying issues. Right. Yeah. We have to remember that one of the, um, and it, this was a, a quote from it. One of the most critical tasks of childhood is to learn to tolerate the wounds of everyday life without right. moving into reactive anger. That's right. That's things, right. That's things that we don't like are going to happen every day. Somebody's going to, you know, say something that's going to take you off a little bit. You have to be able to handle that. That's right. And that's what we mean by emotional intelligence. Right. You know, we, we use that phrase, emotional intelligence all the time. What are we talking about? In the case of anger, we're talking about your ability to tolerate your disappointments Okay, because that's what's happening. Some, you know, your your sibling takes a toy from you, um, and that stuff happens all the time. You have to learn how to tolerate it without moving to that reactive anger. Mm -hmm. Not anger, reactive anger. Right. Absolutely. So, so we think about teaching kids. <clears throat> we're thinking about it 
doing so in, in two parts, right? There, there's right. two ways that we, two things that we want to think about. We want to think about um, how we manage it when our kid becomes right. angry, when they're angry, and, and what's right. after the anger. That's right. And please, parents, remember that, that this is in two parts. What do you do during the crisis? And then what do you do after the crisis? And, and you always have to think about this in two parts. Right. Absolutely. So the first thing when we think about in part one, so we're thinking about what we do when our kid is angry. Right. Um, the first thing as the parent that we have to do is we have to work to prevent ourselves from becoming from escalating. <laughs> rule no? number one. That's rule number one. Right. Because right. It, it's not um, we, we don't want to answer ang- you know, treat anger with anger. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we want to make sure that we can stay calm and, and remain emotionally regulated during this time. Yeah. What do you want to model? You want to model emotion. If you want your child to regulate their emotions, you have to model regulating your emotions. You Absolutely. can't go haywire and expect your child to be calm. Right. Okay. The, the second thing is to, is to listen. Um, right. You know, don't, don't listen to how to, how to, how should I say it? Don't listen to the specific words, listen to the message. Right. You know, what is your kid communicating? They may be saying mean things, hurtful things, um, right. But but what is the message that they're what they're saying? Right. So, and truly listen to what listen to them, and so that they know that they're being heard. Because that's what right. things we said a minute ago. They they need to feel like they're being heard. Right. Because what do you do? Like, let's say you, you have two adults. If the angry adult doesn't feel like she's being heard, what will she do? She will raise her voice. She will become loud, or he will become loud. Um, you know. You know, you're talking to your partner and you're trying to make yourself understood and your partner just isn't interested. So what do you do? You talk louder, you mm-hmm. talk faster, you begin to use hand gestures. Um, and that's what kids do. Okay? Right. If, they're, if they don't feel that they're being heard and understood, they're going to escalate. Okay, right. So feeling understood is what's going to lead to calm. So you have to listen carefully. Absolutely. And one of the ways to do that, number three, is to acknowledge that mm-hmm. the child is anger, angry, you know, say, you know, I can see that you're really getting angry. Yeah. Yeah. That, that saying that in a calm voice, it, it is remarkable. The, the, the effect that that has on the, on the kid um, right. when they're getting angry. Okay. I am being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, you can tell that I'm getting angry. Okay. You know, imagine the powerful message that a parent sends a child when the child's angry about something that a sibling did and you say, "Mm, that would have made me angry too. (laughs) In other words, there's nothing wrong with you. I under, I I would have, that would have made me angry as well. Yeah. And and that, you know, um, again, thinking about it from a therapeutic perspective, that's one of the things that, that creates that rapport and connection with a, with an adolescent patient, especially Right. That, that, that builds that rapport fastest. You, you acknowledge, you know what, I can, I can completely understand why you'd be really upset about that. My goodness. And on the other hand, imagine hearing, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Right. You shouldn't be angry. I mean, what do you mean I shouldn't be angry? I'm angry. What do you right. mean I shouldn't be angry? Right. That, that, and, and you're talking to a four or five-year-old child? Right. And you say, well, you shouldn't feel that way? That's how I feel. And you're not hearing me. Right. Now, what goes along with that is the is a, with acknowledging it right. is not misinterpreting things as a personal attack. Oh my gosh! We yes, we all say things that we probably shouldn't say. 
um, at times, especially when we're at, in heightened emotions and especially when we don't feel like we're being heard, right. we tend to say things that we shouldn't say. And sometimes those are hurtful things. Right. And so if, a ki- if your kid says something that's hurtful um, or that you're, you're taking mm-hmm. as a personal attack, you know, right. t- take a step back and just remember that they're upset and they're angry and don't misinterpret it as, as something truly personal. That's it's right. something that the kid is saying at the time. Right. You know, when kids get angry, parents and teachers, especially, you have to hear that when kids get angry, they're feeling hurt. They're feeling scared. They're feeling powerless. If, if they were able to do anything about it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be expressing anger. They, they, they solve their own problems. Right. To make sure they get your attention, they pull out the biggest weapons that they have. Right. Okay. Um, they'll scream at you. They'll call you. Na- they're going to get your attention and they're going to make you listen. Right. And they might say to you, I hate you. Right. That's not an expression of how they feel. That's an effort. That's a bigger weapon. Okay. Right. They're bringing out the big guns now. I hate you. You're the worst parent in the world. You don't love me anymore. You don't care about me. Right. This is what kids say to us. And if that doesn't work, what do they do? They, they just continue to escalate and they'll even and, threaten to hurt themselves. And they'll threaten self-harm. Well, I'll just kill myself. Why? Because they're going to pull out every weapon they can to make sure they get your attention. They're not going to kill them. Highly unlikely they're going to kill themselves. What they're going to do is they want your attention. And if that's what it takes, that's the weapon that they're going to use. Right. They will use whatever tool they need in order to get your attention. And parents recognize this, please. If, they, if it escalates to that point, and then when you hear them say that, then all of a sudden you start to get concerned and you start doing things that you need to do to calm things down. Mm-hmm. Guess where they're going to go the next time they get angry? They're going to go to the... That's going to be the first place they go because you know what? Last time I said this, and they, 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 they started to listen to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that again this time so that they listen to me. That's right. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm frightened. I'm, I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to take out the tool that worked. Right. And the tool that worked is I threaten self-harm. Well, I'm going to Then I might as well just die. Right. Now you've got your parents' attention. Now you have their undivided attention. Right. And what we're saying to parents and teachers is attend to your child while things are over here, while they're cool. Don't wait and ignore them until they need to bring out the nuclear option. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, and going on to to the next um, thing that we need to do is is keeping people safe, right? right. Um, When a person is angry and they are, um, if they start throwing things or destroying things, okay, you know, dangerous and destructive, those are things that we have to manage, you know? If a kid is is yelling, um, even if a kid is swearing, if a kid is saying things, but but it's all verbal and it's not, you know, it's just verbal. That's that's fine, you know. That that's we'll, we'll handle that at the next step. Um, but if 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 they start throwing things or they start, okay, we now we need to get the safety. Now we need to okay try to usher the, the child into another room, uh, mm-hmm. get other people out of that room, you know, whatever needs to make sure. Sh- you need to do to make sure that people just say stay safe um, Mm -hmm. from any type of physical harm. Mm -hmm. And you may have to grab your child by the arm or by the wrist. And you know, if that, if your child starts hitting you, right. Or they start hitting a sibling, 
you have to be forceful, not not destructive, not aggressively forceful, but you have to get the message across. No, no, no. This is a boundary that we don't cross. Okay. And you need to be, you need to be very firm in that regard. Right. Um, what about a meltdown? Right. Um, if you get to a real meltdown, and and many parents have seen not just a temper tantrum because they go away. We're talking about a meltdown. Just stop talking. Right. Uh, it's it's too late to do anything. Stop talking and just wait for the storm to pass. We 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 liken it. You and I have often compared a meltdown to a hurricane. You know, you're not going to do anything until the storm is over. You know, and then you go out and clean up the yard. Okay, it's the same with a meltdown. Do, do not, under any circumstances, try to intervene during a meltdown. Let the meltdown occur when the child is completely recovered. Then you can you can do whatever interventions you do. Um, but you have to wait until the storm passes. Right. And, and, and all the while reminding yourself that, um, that tantrums, um, right. some of these acting out, this is a natural way to, mm-hmm. to let out that frustration. That's right. It's not a, it's not a, it's not, it's not adaptive necessarily. Um, no. you know, if they, especially if they escalate to a meltdown, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes it, depending on the age of the child, it's, it's a natural way for an immature brain to, to let off steam and to, to express that frustration. Um, we need, may need to teach new skills and we need, may need to teach new methods for dealing mm-hmm. with that. But, um, but that's, that's the first one that we have. Right. You know, I, <laughs> I've taken some very long walks in my life when I've been angry, I just leave the house, go on a long walk. Right. And that helps me. Well, I didn't do that when I was four or five. You, right. you don't have the, you don't have the emotional maturity to do that sort of thing. So, for an emotionally immature brain, a tantrum or a meltdown is a very effective way to release all that steam, to release all that energy. Right. Yep. And, and again, you know, we we have to to hold on to the reality, like we talked about last week. Yeah. Anger is a natural, normal emotion um, that protects us from a threat. That's right. Now, That's if we right. feel like there's a threat, if we feel like um, fight or flight fight mm-hmm. the anger side, um, yeah. for the most part, generally speaking. Um, right. and so it's a natural response to, to a threat. And so the more that you're confronting the kid and the more that you're getting in their face and the more that you're pressuring them with punishments or threatening with, you know, right. consequences, the more they're going to see that as a threat and the more angry they're going to get. They, their brain will, will perceive more of a threat, right. you know, so you, that's why you can't escalate it. You know, you, you need to keep in mind that, um, if a, if a five-year-old child is threatened by a seven-year-old sibling and the seven-year-old sibling, sibling is being physically aggressive or taking toys or pushing and sh- whatever, whatever the seven-year-old is doing, remember the five-year-old is not, the five-year-old's brain is going to start to go into, going to feel threatened, the brain, not, not, not the child. The, the limbic structures in a five-year-old brain are fully mature. They are going to start working and they're going to tell the child, you're being threatened right now. And that child is going to feel anger or fear. And right. either way, there's going to be a reaction. Okay. So you have to remember that these are normal biological reactions to some environmental event. It's Absolutely. not the kid being bad or disrespectful. Absolutely. So, so now let's move on to part two as far as, okay, so we've had an anger episode. Um, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Once, once the anger is done um, and we're calming down, 
what do we do next? Um, right. And because this is another area where parents tend to flounder a little bit because, well, there has to be a consequence. There ha- I have to do something now. I have to punish them in some way now right. because, you know, they got angry. We need to rethink that a little bit. So, right. so the first well, thing- You've often said, oh. you have often said, uh, consequences should teach something. Right. Okay? They, they shouldn't just teach. You were, you were angry, so you get punished for being angry. No, you're not teaching anything. Okay. Right. So the first thing is, uh, once they once children learn how to express their real feelings, well, she hurt my feelings. Once they're able to do that, they don't need to be angry anymore. Right. So you have to get your child to that point where they don't need to be angry. So, so you need to. So the first thing to do afterwards is we have to work to help our kids feel safe to communicate that. Right. Um, again, a lot of times parents do things or say things that make the kid feel like I can't. We can't <laughs> talk about it. We can't. I can't say anything else. Um, because I'm going to get in more trouble. So we need to let our kids feel comfortable and safe to express their true feelings, what really happened. And and once they can do that, then they don't need to be angry anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times once we say, well, I'm really mad because he took, took it away from me. I was in the middle of playing with that and he took it away from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. It's not fair. I would, that would have made me angry too. Okay. But now what do we do? Okay, so tell me what happened and tell me how you're feeling and get your child to those places of hurt and um, all the uh, feeling unsafe, feeling uh, that they were wronged in some way. You have to get to those other issues that underlie the anger. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the next the next couple kind of go hand in hand. Right. Because. Mm-hmm. At the, at, on one hand, you want to keep yourself safe. You know, when, right. when the anger was being expressed, you want to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe and you're because hitting is never okay. You don't want anything like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly after your child is, is calmed down and everything, you don't want to hit them. No, no, right. you don't that's want right. To use <laughs> banking or anything like that, because that's, here we go again. Um, but at the same time, you want to be close to them. You know, mm-hmm. so you may have had to remove yourself a little bit from them during the anger episode, just to keep yeah. everybody safe. Right. Once it's over, you want to get back close to them, physically close to them, so that they know that you're there and that you're comforting them and that you can tolerate being with them, even That's though right. they're angry. Yeah, one of the things that kids will do is they'll they'll light up, they'll ignite and really, really express some very strong emotions. And they have to know that you can tolerate that. You have to show them that, hey, man, I'm, you know, it's OK. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here. I know that you're really upset but it's okay. I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. I'm not available to be hit. I'm right. not available to be kicked, but I'm not going to go anywhere. Right. I'll give you the space that you need, but I'll be right here. I'll be with, I'll be within earshot. I'll be within your line of vision. I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm okay. It's okay for you. And I can, I can tolerate that. Right. Yeah. And, and parents have to sort of keep in their own mind, you know, we can find different ways. Maybe we'll talk about it in just a minute, a couple of ways mm-hmm. to communicate this to the kid, but you have to keep in mind for yourself that again, meltdown is just a discharge of pent up emotions. Um, right. and, and when we think about it that way, we don't take it as personal. We don't right. um, become as, as frustrated or angry about mm-hmm. it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we can appreciate, okay, this, there was a lot going on inside that inside him at that time. Right. Um, so just, just had to get it out. Right. I, I think if you can, if you can start to see 
a tantrum or a meltdown as nothing more than letting off steam, nothing more than getting rid of all that. Because remember, kids have a limited repertoire. Their, their toolbox really isn't, doesn't contain that many items. And so they don't know how to discharge these big emotions in ways that adults do. And so tantrums and meltdowns are simply ways of letting off steam. That's why you don't have to punish it. Right. I mean, when you get angry, if an adult gets angry and starts to curse and throw things around, nobody punishes the adult for letting off steam. Well, so there's no need. Parents often say, well, there have to be consequences. No. The reason there was a meltdown is that somebody failed to recognize or attend or hear what the child was trying to say long before the meltdown. Right. The meltdown is simply, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to let off some steam. Right. All your work has to occur prior to the meltdown. If you get to meltdown, right. you miss something. Right. Somewhere along the way, you miss something. And that's why the child had to go to meltdown mode. So you don't punish the child for getting there. What could you have done that that would have prevented the child from having a tantrum or a meltdown? Right. Absolutely. That's where you have to do your work. Yeah. And and, and then, um, again, thinking about our process after the, the right. whole thing happens is we need to work to help absorb their hurt. You know, listen to it. Don't you know, I, we've heard parents, you know, the, the kid will say, well, you know, I was really mad because this and this and this. And the parent will say, well, you know what? Um, it makes me so mad when you do this and this and this. Well, that's you're just throwing it right back at them now. Um, so you know what? I can understand. I, I, I hear you. Like like you've said a couple of times, I, that would make me mad, too. I, I can completely understand. Um, if you I'm so sorry right. that it happened. If you see your child escalating or if you see your child angry and you send any other message than I get it. If you say to your child, well, that was, that was stupid or that was uncalled for, or you shouldn't have done that. If you're not hearing your child at that moment, it's probably going to escalate. Right. You have to absorb that. Right. right. You, you have to absorb and try to understand what it's like to be five years old and not be able to defend yourself against a seven-year-old sibling. Right. You, You've got to get into those five-year-old shoes. And if you don't, the child is going to escalate. Mm -hmm. And eventually it'll get to, well, I might as well kill myself. Right. Uh, right. right. Again. right. So you've got to absorb and hear and acknowledge whatever's going on. Right. And that, that leads us right to the, the last two, which I think I see kind mm. of together. And that is, you know, again, when the meltdown is happening, when everything is, ha when everything is going, mm -hmm. going on with the tantrum and everything, that's not time to talk about things. That's not the time to try to, 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 you know, impose consequences or threaten right. consequences or anything like that. Wait until everything is calm. And then, um, and then we're going to start to reteach, right? right? Um, we're not lecturing. Right. Oh, we're not, right. we're not going to get into this long discussion about all of these things that you did wrong and why everything that, you know, why you, you can't be doing it that way. You can't do it this way. I you know, I can't believe that you did this or that. You got to keep it short mm -hmm. um, and primarily listen. Just listen to what's going on. Tell me what, tell me what got you to that point. Tell me what right. made you so upset. Right. When, when we talk about listening, um, w w parents will often say, well, you know, uh, she's uh, five years old or she's six years old or she's seven years old, you know, so somewhere between three and seven. 
And the parents said, well, they can't do this when they go to school. They can't do this when they're in middle school or they can't do this one. You can't do this in high school. Hold it. Time out. Your child's five. Right. Doesn't matter what's going to happen in high school. You got to see this, not from what this will be like as an older child. You have to understand this from a, from the lens of a five-year-old, from the glasses of a five-year-old. Don't worry about what's happening later. You deal with this. You deal with this as a, as, as a five-year-old, you're talking to a five-year-old. doesn't matter what's going to happen later on. doesn't matter what's even going to happen next year. Right. You know, when you, when you go to school, you say, well, you can't be this way when you go to school. Child's not in school. Right. Deal with a five-year-old. Stay, stay there and talk to a five-year-old about a five-year-old's concerns. Right. And And don't lecture. My God, don't lecture. Yeah. Again, definitely don't lecture. Keep it short. Um, discuss better choices, you know, Hey, Hey, so, you know, the next time, just, just tell me, you know, just let me know when, when he, if, if your brother comes and takes something from you when you're playing, just, just let me know. And, and let me take care of it. Right. You know, he's right. not going to do that to me. So let me right. take care of it. It'll be fine. Right. Right. And, and, and don't try to wait until after calm sets in right. <laughs> and make sure that calm has really arrived. Because if it hasn't, and you intervene too soon, you're simply going to reignite the child. Absolutely. So make sure the calm. That's why we say after, after, after calm has has arrived. Right. Absolutely. And what do you want to teach? That's what we're teaching. We're we're, we're teaching choices. We're teaching right. um, what to do instead of of getting so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, doing this in very short, little little segments. Right. We're not we're not lecturing. We're just saying you know. Next time he does that, what can you do? What, could, what else right. could you do? Besides getting angry, what else could you do? That's right. You come tell me. And that's right. Just, just come tell me. Yeah. And if you want to read the master at this, Ross Green has a wonderful book called Collaborative Problem Solving. Yeah. And he'll, he'll take you through this. And so what we advise parents is downplay the anger. Don't, don't even talk about the anger. That's really not the issue. You got to hear the anger, absorb the anger, acknowledge that it exists, that it is normal, that you're okay. Even when you're angry, you're still okay. But let's talk about what what we could have done. Right. Let's talk about what because how you react is a choice. Kids kids will kids will disagree with you. Teenagers will disagree with you. No, I didn't choose. I didn't choose to. She made me do it. I didn't choose to. I was just no, no. What you did was a choice. Was a voluntary choice. And that's what kids need to understand. And so what we have to talk about is, okay, what else could you have done? And what Ross Green recommends is you let the child assist in choosing what to do. Right. You know, honey, what else could you have done besides uh, kick the door mm-hmm. and, and let the child generate the solutions? Right. And then it's theirs and there's ownership. Right. Absolutely. And then they have more tools. Um, right. You're, you're more giving tools. them a tool. It's one more tool in the toolbox. Right? So none of these are easy situations. None of these are, no, nobody really, um, you know, there, there are no experts. Nobody handles it perfectly every time. Right. Uh, but just keep these things in mind that, you know, we want to, um, we want to make sure that we manage the anger when it's happening, respond appropriately. And then when it's, when it's over, you know, let's get to that teaching point. Remember, we, right. we want to teach, not, not punish. We want to teach them how, how to better manage what's going on. Yeah, don't, don't punish them for being angry teach them how to manage their anger. That's, that's the goal here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, I think that's it for today. All right. All right. Welcome to March. Here we are. <laughs> We're a weekend now already. So, all right. Until next time, stay okay. happy.
stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.